Hello and welcome to the Vocal Academy podcast. Hi, and I'm your host, Bobby Harper, and in this series, we'll try to make all things singing and performing more comprehensible and accessible to you. Episode 3, Strategy for Practice. First of all, please let me take a moment to thank you for tuning in to this podcast. I realize that many of you may not have heard of me before, and I realize that if you've landed here, it's because you're looking for some enlightenment on singing and the process of getting better at singing. So, no matter why you are here, then we are here together, and I am really grateful that you've tuned in. And as you're listening to this podcast, I do want to encourage you to leave a five-star rating because the more ratings we get and the more reviews we get, then the more likely we are um, going to be able to get to the top of that list. Please do me this favor as we want as many people to come across this information as possible and together we can maybe encourage more people to get out there and sing with a bit more freedom. So what I want to focus on in this episode is practice. Um, As an educator in the field of vocal technique and singing, I find one of the greatest challenges to most people who take vocal classes is how to practice. There are many directions from which to approach your practice. So for the purpose of this episode, I'm directing this mostly at new singing students. And from that, I really mean if you've not taken lessons before and if you're finding it a little bit difficult to understand what it is you should be getting from your practice. So equally experienced and inexperienced singers, but just new to lessons. So let's go back in time a bit. I have vivid memories going back into my last years in school. 1989 and 1990, I was 17 years old. Uh, It was leading up to the time in Ireland, where I'm from, our national football team had qualified to compete at the FIFA World Cup for the very first time in our history. The whole country was literally shaking. People who I knew would struggle to differentiate between a game of football and a banana were completely besotted with the idea of Ireland competing uh, at this level against the world's best teams for the very first time in our history. It was a big deal and it dominated everything, including my final school exams. So drop into the mix a kid who would happily kick a ball to himself for hours on end, as I did nearly every day of my life, and whose heroes were now about to look the world's best players in the eye as equals. And I was probably in no emotional state, prepared to take on the greatest examination of my life to that point, which literally kicked off in the same month as the World Cup, Italia 90. Italia 90. Looking back now, as a more responsible human being, if I'm truly honest with myself, far be it for me to blame the World Cup for my results out of that final school exam. 
What probably hindered me most was actually my inability to study properly. There, I've said it. And by that I really mean my lack of understanding of how to study. I just didn't know. And nobody had ever spelled it out to me. It was just assumed that everybody knew how to study. I had a vague idea of the need for study, but never really broke it down into what actually needed to be done and the detail I needed to be focusing on in order to make any study that I actually decided to do stick in my head. So, put together the distraction of the upcoming World Cup, but mostly my lack of good preparation, I managed a fairly average leaving certificate result, as we call it in Ireland, split equally and um, between very good to very average with a deep line separating the good from the average. Um, So what I kind of aced were what I would call my chosen subjects and where I needed to do better were in the subjects that were mandatory. So English, maths and Irish language. So when I dissect that as an educator today, this really is a bit of an eye opener. At the time, my teachers would have labelled me as somewhat easily distracted, not taking things seriously and various other forms of those descriptions. A typical comment would be along the lines of, Bobby could achieve so much more if he just put his mind to it. But what I was really lacking were the tools I needed to be successful at learning better. I excelled at studies where I was really interested, where I had skin in the game. I was motivated. I learned quickly in the class. I took my time to understand. Um, And I had a huge respect for my teacher who clearly loved teaching his subjects. I think most importantly, I really liked these subjects because I chose them. They were mine. So because I was so interested in these subjects and had somewhat of a clear goal in my mind, I wanted to be an architect. Um, so using the schools I was uh, using the skills I was using in the classroom, I was also happy to work on these subjects at home. I was interested in working at the problems and finding the solutions because they were mine then. As a 17 year old, I took personal responsibility for them. So when I look back, I had some of the crucial elements to achieving excellence. I had a genuine interest in the subjects. I felt connected to and responsible for them. And I had um, I had an expert teacher who knew what he was doing, who was passionate about it. And I practiced deliberate practice. So back to today. Since we here at the Vocal Academy um, have moved exclusively to online classes, everything has now settled somewhat. I find we are more focused on what tools the students are bringing away with them rather than focusing exclusively on the time we spent together running over vocalies, exercises and implementation during the class time. The bottom line is not simply the question of do you practice when you are on your own, but how 
do you practice when you are on your own? Do you know what it is you want to achieve? In many cases, especially for the newly initiated student of singing, the answer is a resounding, I think I need help with that. So, um, if a student counts singing songs as practice, then they are likely not getting the best from their investment in their singing class. If I were to compare it, it might be similar to a tennis player just playing tennis matches as their practice and ignoring other specific exercises during practice. Using this strategy, they would miss out on improving things like balance, stamina, strength and other important aspects of tennis because they're just putting all of their focus on the overall picture, the whole cake if you will. And for singers that equates to just singing the song. Now if the singer is doing their exercises, their vocalese, but not focusing on how they are doing their vocalese, if they are basically just passively going up and down scales or exercising too quickly, then they are not using their time to the best that they can or should. Not to say that you aren't going to improve, which you will, but unless you're engaged with your practice, this strategy may slow down your improvement in certain areas of your performance. In fact, I would advocate that spending maybe, you know, just as little as five or six focused minutes being present, engaging with your vocalese each day is probably better than spending 20 minutes passively running over scales and certainly better than simply just singing songs. So there is some groundwork that the singer should try to set down for themselves as preparation for their practice. And I would lay it out this way. Be organized. Know what you want to get from your practice. And if you're not sure, then ask your teacher. So spending time and focus understanding these new tools that you've taken from your first lessons may seem slow at the beginning. But if you get this right, if you can get this discipline early on into your practice, even though it may appear to be slow going, you can really speed up the rate at which you improve. What's really important, I would suggest, is that you should be as much an observer of your practice as you are a contributor to your practice. I, that's hard to say. <laughs> a contributor. Contributor, a contributor to your practice. Well, you get the point. So it's most crucial that you understand fully that you may not have all the answers to everything when you take singing classes, especially for the first time. You have no divine right to understand what it is your teacher is giving you to do if you've never done it before. And it can take some time for you to grasp this. So if you start this process understanding this much, then you are setting the scene to avoid some needless frustration down the line, especially in the early stages. So the important thing is that you need to create a context or a solid footing for your practice. Something familiar, something you can relate to, something that you can compare with other new 
um, experiences. It's absolutely likely that you're going into this process with little understanding or context for the work you are about to embark upon. So I would suggest your focus in these early stages is as much about laying the foundation for learning than just doing the exercises, which of course will be helpful. But to put it another way, imagine you've been placed into a really dark room and you have to negotiate your way through a maze in the room to get to the other side and back out into the light. It's unlikely you'll just run through the room and find your way around the darkness without bumping into walls or other obstacles. Your strategy in this instance might be to take it slow, to take some deliberate steps, maybe extending your arms out so that you can feel for obstacles in order to mitigate against hurting or injuring yourself. You might count your steps um, or use various other strategies to minimize your risk or avoid going back over old ground unnecessarily and losing time. So if you imagine then um, you're at home after that first or second class and you don't have your teacher there guiding you, holding your hand, then finding that solid ground on your own is going to be important so that you can manage your practice more efficiently and therefore increase the rate of your improvement by making the experiences more meaningful more quickly. So how can you do that? Well just like our adventurer in the dark room you need to observe as much as you can in any way you can in order to gain a foothold so you can begin to measure how you are proceeding. Admittedly you may feel that you're effectively blind, so you need to engage your senses for as full a picture as possible. In our case, for singing, hearing, listening, and feeling or sensation. Slow it down. You may not immediately understand what it is you should be looking for from an exercise. Your new coach will have given you this and other exercises for a particular purpose. And of course, at this early stage, it may not be obvious to you why. In fact, it probably shouldn't be obvious to you. So putting pressure on yourself at this stage is going to be counterproductive. And this is why it's important to observe rather than judge at this juncture. Because this is where you need to find your feet. Even if the surface you find is not completely solid, you just want something to stand on, somewhere you can be somewhat steady and that you have enough freedom to look around and assess where you are right now. Even if you don't see, you know, far or particularly clearly, all you want now is simply some light. This is where you get your context or your first home base. Again, like our adventure in the darkened room, you will slowly begin to move by starting off with one of the tools your teacher gave you, making whatever observations you can and making small assessments as you go. You can try this initially hourly and by way of sensation. So questions like, how does that make my voice feel? Does my voice feel sharp? Does my voice strain? Does my voice break? Hopefully not, but on your own for the first time, it might. So 
While you absolutely might not understand the whys at this point, everything you get from this is important information. Make a note and you can bring that to your next class and mention it to your teacher if you need an explanation. While you don't necessarily want to move too slowly up and down the scales at this point, you do not want to rush them either. So, you know, a medium to moderate pace might be enough, should be enough, I guess. Um, just try to keep it as even as best you can. While you don't necessarily want to move too slowly up and down scales at this point, you don't want to rush them either. A medium to moderate pace should be enough. Just try to keep um, keep it even as best you can. You really want enough time to allow your brain to filter the sounds and the physical sensations as you move up and down in your range. So there's no expectation that you should know what is actually happening. Um, so again, being judgmental at this stage will probably just frustrate you because the only observations you can probably make at this stage will be quite general. For example, does this sound good or bad? Does it feel good or bad or different? Um, is one sound easier to move my voice around with than the other? All of this is information that while you might not understand the nuances of it right now, you will in future be able to draw on them in some of the most unlikely circumstances. You should record your practice. So it's a thing that humans hear their own voice completely different in their heads to when they hear it back on a recording. So while there's probably a whole podcast on this subject, for the purpose of this exercise, um, I would say what you hear back of your voice on a recording is what everybody else hears and not what you hear in your head as you as you vocalize. So hearing your own voice back can elicit the most amazing emotional responses from singers. You could probably even make a TV show from them. This emotional reaction, whether it's dramatic in nature or simply the silent avoidance of listening to your own recorded voice because you feel uncomfortable hearing yourself, is simply throwing away a super important tool that when used well can really help you speed up the process um, of getting better at singing. You do not need to record the whole practice and play it back. What you might want to do is record either an exercise and listen back to check, are you making the sounds as you've been asked to by your teacher or is it different? I find students regularly commenting that they don't know if they're doing it right, you know, when they're on their own practicing. And again, the reason for this is that they don't have a counter position to balance it off. It's hard enough as a professional singer to make judgments as you sing. So as a beginner or even as an intermediate level singer, it's going to be a bit more difficult. So what you need to do now is to use whatever tools are at your disposal to make things easier for you. It is not cheating. It is common sense.
So record yourself singing the part of the song that is causing you difficulty. Try it as you normally try it and then try it as your teacher suggested. Are there differences? Is one easier to do? Doing this regularly in your practice, um, you will get better at it. So it might be difficult at first to understand or even feel the differences, but recording it sung two or three different ways will eventually help to steady the ground for you and again, give you a context that you can work from. Listening this way also can give you a focus that is different to how you might passively react to the whole overall experience of hearing yourself singing. It gives you a smaller area where you are not judging if it sounds like a professional recording artist, but it does um, enable you to judge does if sound A sounds better or different than sound B. Um, it is much easier to be objective in this case. And again, the more you can be objective, then the fairer you can be on yourself. And if you are fair on yourself, then there is um, less pressure to not making mistakes. And I use that word mistakes in inverted commas. So record yourself. Um, the next thing I would say is A, B test. Some singers find it hard to differentiate between the sound of one tool done one way against the sound of the same tool done a different way. So if an exercise to help you develop a more balanced chest voice, for example, is to use the word no on a short scale in the lower part of your range, you might naturally verbalize that as no, 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 no. And um, <clears throat> your teacher asks you to do that scale as no, 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 no. When your teacher asks you to change the sound, some singers will not know how to change the sound simply because to them, you're asking them to do the same thing they just did. So it can be confusing for the singer. And going home confused means that the lesson was not as successful as it could have been. The singer is not going to know what or how to practice. So being able to a, B test in the studio and certainly at home on your own is a good way to get your practice to make more sense. You might start your practice the way you naturally would use that tool. So if you find that is happening, maybe after listening back to your short recording that you've just done, then you might try to A, B test the sound. No versus no. So you use this to differentiate between the sensation of one sound against the other. Now your job is to repeat the sound the teacher asks you to make more regularly, but you are now armed with the experience of the sensation of that sound. Again, laying a platform for context. So I fundamentally believe that what most people who take the brave step of booking singing lessons want to take home with them from, from their lessons is a map that is going to lead them to trusting their voice. 
I will definitely do a podcast focusing on trust in the future. But in general, the reason in my experience that people take lessons is because at some level they lack trust in their voice. All of what we touched on today, and there are literally whole books on this subject of practice, is really just some basic bullet points on a strategy for practice. Maybe everything we touched on here will benefit you and your practice. Um, You may focus on one strategy for a few weeks maybe, then move on to the next one. Um, Some of the strategies in here may be more important to you than some of the others. For me, the whole point of this particular podcast is that your practice should be more mindful than passive because you're investing your time and your money with the goal of getting better at singing. If you decide that you're going to practice in between your lessons, then you have already decided um, that you are going to invest that time in your voice. You've committed yourself to it, which is great and it should be applauded, of course. The only thing you need to do after that is make sure that the practice is as meaningful to you and that you use it as efficiently as you can. Not getting bogged down in small details, um, not either being too passive um, and also being self-forgiving for any perceived lack of perfection. Because listen, it is a process. Um, You may find that this is slow Um, or maybe even too slow for you and you are simply looking for a patchwork um, or tricks, I suppose, to negotiate key changes. Of course, you can find teachers um, that will help you work with these things. um, But the risk of this strategy is that there's no fundamental fixing of the underlying cause of what makes that imperfection appear in your voice. So in the short term, This may very well get you over a hurdle, but in the long term, putting a band-aid over a wound that needs stitching is just a short-term solution. So if you've no time, then at least go in with this understanding. So that's it for today. I hope that these tips have been helpful um, to you. um, And if you have been contemplating getting help with your voice, By all means, if you would like to reach out, you can find my email address in the podcast notes along with other links um, that I think may be helpful to you based on this subject. So until next time, be safe, be happy and sing like nobody's listening.